Business Unusual, separating economic facts from fiction. Good evening and welcome to Business Unusual. I am Mona Lisa Dube and this evening we are going to be talking about tax inequality and the show has been brought to you in partnership by the Zimbabwe Coalition on Debt and Development. My guest this evening is Samuel Wadai who is Executive Director for Vendors Initiative for Social and Economic Transformation and we are going to be looking at some of the issues that they have within the informal sector. Thank you so much Samuel for making time to chat with us this evening. Can you just walk us through what your take is regarding the current tax system in the country? Okay, thank you so much and thank you for the opportunity to be part of this important conversation. Uh, So our view is that um, there is a lot that we need to do as a country to ensure that our tax system is inclusive and uh, also that the tax system takes into consideration uh, the level of inequality that we have in the country. So we don't uh, expect to be having blanket, uh, you know, texting uh, system uh, that does not take into consideration uh, the levels of uh, income that we are uh, getting uh, that are very different in the country. If you look at uh, how uh, our economy is structured, structured, we have got very, very high levels of uh, uh, informality, which means the majority of the population is surviving through the informal economy. But if you look at how the uh, the tax system is designed in this country, it tends to be taking too much uh, on uh, the people that are already struggling, and the majority of them you find them in the informal economy. You look at the two percent uh, tax that was uh, introduced on all electronic uh, transactions; it's exorbitant, and it. it destroys the initiatives by people that are struggling that are in the informal economy so we need to do a lot in terms of ensuring that uh, whatever policies that we are formulating that are anchoring our tax system is informed by the reality that we are surviving as a country we cannot run away from the effect that uh, 90 percent of the population is surviving through the informal economy so we need to have uh, policies that respond to that uh, reality and when you look at, I know you've spoken about a number of issues regarding how there is inequalities of, of taxes. So can you tell us specifically what are some of those inequalities that are being experienced in the informal sector? All right, of course. Um, globally, I think the major challenge is the fact that uh, we don't have uh, a formalization uh, strategy as a country. Uh, I know that um, the government has recently started the process of developing a formalization strategy. But uh, over the years, uh, since we saw the the huge proliferation of the informal economy, there has not been policies that were responding to to the rise and uh, in the fact that the majority of the population is is being employed in the informal economy. So we continue to see laws that are no longer in sync with the economic reality being used. For example, the bylaws that are being used by all the major towns, municipalities in this country, they criminalize street vending, for example. But who doesn't know that uh, the majority of the young people that are being churned out from universities and colleges are finding themselves in the informal economy. We need policies, actually, that will be supporting their self-initiative, supporting their entrepreneurial uh, you know, drive, so that uh, 
you know, they are able to create employment and to look after their families. If you look at the uh, spaces where informal economic workers are operating, we don't have facilities. Uh, you go to Mbare, it's a sorry state. You go to Lawayoe, Godin is a sorry state. You go to Mashungo, everywhere. So the issue of infrastructure is a major, major issue. And I think it, it is directly linked to the issue of uh, taxi disparities. If you also look at the issue of lack of access to finance, uh, the way that uh, our financial institutions are designed, they don't cater for people that are coming from the, the margin, or people that are uh, you know, in the periphery of our, of our economic discourse. So we need policies that, are also, that are also respond to the fact that we are coming from different backgrounds, uh, the fact that we've got uh, young people that are being churned out from universities and colleges and they need support. Uh, last but not least, the issue of the bylaws uh, that are being, um, uh, you know, uh, that are being used by uh, the majority of the uh, municipalities throughout the country, they are no longer in sync with the economic realities that we are surviving right now, that uh, over 95% of the population is surviving through the informal economy. That's where they are employed. Uh, but the bylaws continue to criminalize their operations. And I think it's something that is also linked to the uh, disparities around tax in the country. Right. It's very interesting that you say that, Samuel, because I've had, you know, different guests on the show talking about various issues. Maybe it could be Zimra or the tax matrix. And everyone is always talking about um, how there's need to come up with tax uh, regimes that also tax the informal sector because it is thought that the informal sector is not being taxed enough considering mm. that they are the highest currently the highest operational sector in the country how would you respond to that yeah of course it's the lack of information uh those people i would want to invite them uh, on a good day to just come and observe how we are operating in places like Mbare and uh, you know other big markets in the country. Uh, we are actually heavily taxed. I've already mentioned the issue of the 2% tax that was introduced by the Minister of Finance, I think about three years ago. Uh, it makes us the heavily taxed group uh, in, the informal, in, in, the, in the economy because almost every transaction that we are doing right now is somehow linked to electronic, uh, you know, uh, services. So, so, so that two percent is huge. Even the amount that are being charged by local authorities for us to be able to access some markets, they are exorbitant. And the the reason why they are too high is because of the tax regime uh, that is there. So, I think it's it's only because people are not aware of the reality that is happening on the ground. We are actually heavily taxed. And that's why we have been calling for the uh, expeditious completion of the process of formalization of the informal economy. Because if we formalize the informal economy, no one will be doubting the contribution that we are making to the fiscal because it will be there on black and white. People, who, everyone will be aware of what the, the amount that we are, we, are, we are contributing. So we formalize, uh, everyone will have all the information and we will not have a debate like this. Mm-hmm. And have you engaged the authorities? I know earlier on we spoke about how there is need to have inclusive policies. And you're also talking right now, just now, you're talking about how there is need to have the correct information. Have you engaged 
or authorities who have you engaged as the vendors initiator for social and economic transformation regarding all these issues that you are highlighting you are facing in your sector? Of course, uh, we engage the authorities, uh, the government, our, our parent ministry is the Ministry of Women Affairs, Community and SMEs Development. We have been engaging them since the uh, visit was formed as an organization that about 10 years ago. Um, we have made progress in some aspects of the issues that we want to be changed, but I think we can still do more in terms of uh, changing the working environment of uh, workers in the informal economy. We have also been engaging with the Ministry of Public Service, Labor, and the social welfare because they are the ones that are championing the development of a formalization strategy for the informal economy and uh, to us some of the challenges that we are facing will be answered easily if we have a formalization uh, strategy in place because it will speak to issues like uh, infrastructure uh, issues like uh, access to finance issues like uh, capacity development entrepreneurship and uh, and all the other uh, relevant issues to our to our sector so yes we've engaged them local authorities we've worked with the almost all the major local authorities in the country Harare city council blawai city council gueruma uh, we have been all over the country trying to give alternatives so that uh, uh, you know because for, for example we have done a lot of research and we have uh, put in place alternative policies that we have shared with the local authorities to say, look, other countries managed to change the way that they interact with the players in the informal economy by doing one, two, three, four, five things. Let's try that and see where that will take us. So we've done a lot of work. We've provided policy, policy briefs. We have created the uh, uh, spaces for engagement. We have actually assisted, for example, our city council uh, in the setting up of an informal economy uh, working group, where, which brings together all the key stakeholders in the informal economy ecosystem, so that people just have an opportunity to discuss about the issues that affect players in the informal economy. So, so we have done a lot, but we we still believe that we can improve in terms of, uh, you know, actualize some of the things that we have discussed and ensure that there is change, real change that can be that is tangible to our members. And from your interactions with uh, the various authorities that you've indicated, are you getting the sense that they are understanding your point of view and they are actually looking to do something about it? Yeah, I, I, I cannot say um, they are disregarding what we are saying. I don't want to say they are disregarding because in the spirit of engagement, you don't want to appear as if you are not, uh, you are not recognizing the effort. Right. But my, my, I think... I think my point would be there is more that can be done to ensure that we see changes happening in the manner in which the informal economy is governed in this country. Other countries have managed to do that. And I think the government, local authorities, can do more to change the way that they relate with with the players in the informal economy. Mm-hmm. And recently, we've heard uh, issues to do with the gold coins. And I know that the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe made the announcement that they are looking to introduce uh, gold coins, looking mm-hmm. at what is happening with the currency as well as inflation. What's your take mm-hmm. on this? Look, um, 
we we don't want to to be in the habit of challenging every police pronouncement that is made by the by the government but i think there's something wrong with the just waking up and you tell people that there are these radical changes you know in the in the economy i think it would save our government well if they go back to the era of consulting key stakeholders whenever they want to come up with far-reaching changes in the economy, far-reaching changes in the policy frameworks. I don't think that's what the the ministry, in particular the Ministry of Finance, I don't think that's what they are doing. They just want to react to situations that, um, uh, you know, may have arisen. Uh, You know, you don't manage an economy by panicking. I I don't think uh, uh, the the idea of, 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 of gold coins may be may be fine but the manner in which it was instituted uh, leaves a lot to be desired we need consultation we need not to to throw panic or fear mm-hmm. into the market by just bringing in policies without engaging without consulting people and communicating in time i'll give you for an example the issue of interest rates for example uh if you look at how south africa is handling that issue people were given ample time notice that uh, the interest rates are going to be increased but you look at how it was done here just uh, when the announcement is being made to you be told with immediate effect the interest rate is going to be increased and i don't think it's good for the economy it causes a lot of uh, uncertainty panic and so on so if they are to improve on that i think even the gold coin uh, dispensation that they are bringing in will be embraced easily by the people but if you force it and uh uh, do it uh, haphazard like that uh, people tend to shy away from uh, such processes. So you're not being consulted? Not at all. Uh, not at all. I, I'm not so sure who was consulted, but from our perspective as the players in the informal economy, we were never consulted. Uh, we, we, we we only watched the, on TV when the minister and his lieutenants were making those announcements. Mm. Speaking of a minister, he is due to make um, his uh, mid-term fiscal review in the coming weeks. What are your expectations uh, on what he should address regarding the issues that we have been addressing in this program, uh, tax inequality, and any other issues that you think that he should address? All right. Thank you so much. I will talk about four issues. Probably the first one, um, I think COVID-19, when COVID-19 came, I think we were left exposed as a country. We saw the challenges that uh, befell most of the workers in this country, most of whom are in the informal economy. Lack of social protection systems in this country. We have been arguing since time immemorial that NASA needs to be expanded to include players in the informal economy. The reason why the government failed to assist workers in the informal economy is because NASA is is narrow. It doesn't include the 90% of this population who are working in the informal economy. So we expect the minister to address that issue. The issue of social protection system of this country needs to be to be corrected so that it is in sync with the realities. Uh, the issues of financial inclusion especially of women uh, that are in the informal economy. I know the government have introduced the youth bank, the women's bank, but we need more information on how people can access finance, finances from these institutions. 
they appear in their current form, they appear to be elitist. It's very difficult for my mother, Nemusika, uh, in Mbare there to be able to, to access some of these finances. You need to be seriously connected to get this money. And to, I think the requirements should just be relaxed. Then the issue of uh, capacity development. I mentioned that uh, we have got a lot of young people that are being churned out from universities and colleges. We need our budget budgets to be speaking to the issues of developing their capacities so that they migrate from being street vendors to become macro entrepreneurs who are able to create employment for young people in this country. And obviously the issue of health, everyone is affected by it. We, we need more money to be you know, to, 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 to be put in our budget around the issues of health and, and education because uh, you know everyone will be affected and even us the way that we work we need spaces that are smart you know we need the facility facilities that are reliable so that uh, you know we don't spend more, more most of our time looking for the, for these services mm-hmm. but otherwise doing work and looking after our family. Right. Another issue that I want to bring up, Samuel, is that there has been a concern. It's a general uh, perception that people have regarding informal trading that like because you are informal, there's a way that you operate. Uh, you don't treat people in a certain way or the customer service is very poor. So do you think that assuming that is true or if you can also respond to what's your take on that? Assuming that's the case, do you think that even if these informal sectors are then formalized, like you've been highlighting, they have the capacity to operate as formal businesses? They have massive capacity, actually. Uh, remember, my sister, over 62% of people that are in the informal economy are people with the higher and tertiary education. You know, they are, they are not people that are just going into the streets because they want to be there. There are people who could not uh, get absorbed in the formal business, in the formal job market. So they opted for that. So you will find lawyers in the streets. You will find lawyers by studying some madomas. So it doesn't mean that people, these people do not have education or they don't know how to get organized and do their business in a manner that is smart. What we need to do as a country is to embrace them, to recognize the work that they are doing, and build their capacities, like I'm, like I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Issues of communication that you are talking about. We accept as an organization that we have got some bad apples who may be unable to interact with their customers uh, in a manner that is, uh, you know, that is human. But the majority of our members, they, are, they realize the fact that they are, on, they are actually working and you need to create good working relationships with your customers and even authorities. So, of course, you find bad apples, but I, but I know that the majority of our members do business in a manner that shows etiquette, in a manner that shows, uh, you know, um, a brilliance. And that's why the majority of them are growing their businesses. As we wrap up the conversation, Samo, I know in this program you have went to lengths to explain to what some of the policies that you expect to be put in place and what are some of the recommendations that you've been lobbying for that they should be included to make sure that this tax burden is eased on the informal sector, which happen to be the vulnerable and the marginalized in the country. What is it, as we wrap up, what you would say would be one of the key issues 
that can promote text justice in this country to make sure that we are aligned uh, by the constitution, to the constitution, all, rather? All right. Uh, I think the first point would be to say we need to, 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 to realize that we are not an equal society uh, at all. Uh, the levels in, of inequality in this country are just staggering. So we cannot then have a tax system that does not recognize that, that fact. It's a fact our, our society is very unequal. So when we are taxing, let's make sure that the rich are taxed. And the, we also protect whatever small amount that we have, uh, we have taken from the poor and use that money to grow our, our, our community and ensure that we deliver social, uh, social services to our, to our people. The issue of corruption, the issue of leakages, uh, illicit financial flows and other things, we need to deal with those things so that whatever little amount that we collect from the marginalized, we use it properly to grow our communities and to protect our children and our environment. Mm-hmm. And not to say that the informal sector should not be taxed at all, right? Absolutely, absolutely. We want to be taxed, but we just we cannot uh, afford to be taxed under a system that has got serious leakages, a, a system that is not reliable like the one that we have currently. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Samo Wadzai is the Executive Director for Vendors Initiatives for Social and Economic Transformation. And we are looking at the tax inequality within the sectors in Zimbabwe. And he was talking about uh, specifically the sector, the informal sector, the vendors sector, where he is saying that there is need for there to be equality and to make sure that everyone is benefiting and contributing equally uh, towards the tax regime. And as we know, the whole point of tax really is to make sure that there is, you know, that inequality of income is distributed and making sure that the poor and the vulnerable are actually benefiting from these uh, tax resources. Thank you, Samuel. I appreciate your time. I appreciate my pleasure. Thanks so much. We take a quick break now. Thereafter, I'll be joined by Caroline Mutimba Nyoka, who is a director for Sprout Women Empowerment Trust. And we'll be talking about how tax issues in Zimbabwe are affecting women that are in business. Stay with us. ZFM Stereo turns 10 this August. We have a lot to celebrate and we want to include you, our advertisers and partners, in our celebrations of hashtag a decade of Z. We have a special advertising promotion for all those who've been at our site over the last decade. And we want to invite all of you who may have never had a chance to advertise with us before. We're offering a massive 20% discount on all advertising on ZFM Stereo and our digital pages all the way up to our birthday. This promotion runs up to the 15th of August 2022. Take advantage of this opportunity and unlock the power of radio advertising for your business. Make a booking before the 15th of August. Just send an email to sales at zfmstereo.co.zw. That's sales at zfmstereo.co.zw. ZFM Stereo, my station, your station. Hashtag a decade of Z. Welcome back to Business Unusual. I am Elisa Dube. I am now joined by Caroline Mutimba-Nyoka, who is a director for Sprout Women Empowerment Trust. Now, earlier on, uh, Caroline, I was having a conversation with Samuel and was talking about some of the tax-induced inequalities that are being experienced by uh, people that are in the informal sector. But I would like you to speak specifically on how women in business are being affected by some of these tax inequalities. 
So when we look at some of the inequalities that women are facing as a result of tax injustice, we cannot run away from the fact that the burden of unpaid care work is one of the major, major issues that uh, is affecting women. What do I mean by that? Uh, you find that women um, at this point, uh, or because of their roles and duties that they're supposed to provide care for, for their families, they spend so much time uh, in search of water, um, walking long distances so that they can just get water. Now with the electricity uh, challenges that we are facing, uh, women are also struggling to uh, and you know part of their time is also being taken by going to look for firewood just so that they can provide the basics that are needed by the family how is that then um uh, how does that touch on the issue of taxes so as women and girls are also contributing uh, uh you know to 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 the uh, tax revenue and what then must happen is to say what are the priorities of women and girls and how do we look into that face? How do we prioritize that? What what are the measures that we're taking so that we ease the burden of unpaid care work that they are facing? And it's something that um, we are still struggling with because we still have situations where uh, some households have had like three, four, up to five years of no running water. It means that the time that the, the, the woman or the young girl is spending going to look for water is, some, is, is a time that they could have used productively either to advance their studies or to advance their career or to do something that generates some sort of income for them. And that time is taken uh, doing uh, uh, whilst they're doing those services. So you find that they are really affected uh, by uh, um, tax injustice in that it's not speaking to their needs. Money is being collected from them, but what uh, they are getting out of it is not speaking to, 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 to directly to their needs. We also look at the issue of um, health. Um, women are the ones uh, we, uh, who are suffering the most when it comes to that because they are the ones who um, you know getting who are getting uh, complications during uh, pregnancies and we find that a lot of them are dying whilst uh, giving birth because of uh, the poor health uh, uh, facilities that we, we we have in the country so as we are paying taxes we would also want uh, those taxes to to the money collected to be used to better the health systems because if that is not done we we'll continue to lose more lives uh, uh, from women and um, those are some of the uh, complications that uh, that we face also when we look at um, uh, the issue of 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 tax we we can't run away from the fact that uh, you know Texans should provide social protection uh, uh, for, for, for women. The vulnerabilities that we face as women, we should be able to uh, get some sort of support 
from 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 government which is which is really uh, not happening you find that uh, when maybe as a woman you 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 have taken time out maybe from work uh, maybe you were giving you were giving birth there is no uh, sort of like an incentive that you 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 get you only get maybe 3 months of 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 um, you know uh, a leave and sometimes you get part of your salary that is if you're working at all but if you're not there isn't anything that cushions you or that provides for you whilst you are in that vulnerable state um so we look at that and say how can we have social protection programs that can then help as safety nets programs for she for 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 women in order to just cushion their vulnerability uh vulnerabilities and as it is uh taxes are not are not uh working for 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 us so um, those are some of the 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 things that we can highlight when it comes to issues of of taxes and obviously we look at uh, the issue of education we can't run away from that as well um when we look at uh, the male child and the, the 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 females when we look at the even the the uh, percentage you find that um as a woman you are then said uh, if there is no money at home then you are asked to 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 stay at home whilst the uh, male child then advances with their education so if we look at our taxes um we should prioritize uh, education and ensuring that uh, uh it's maybe free or it's affordable so that parents don't get to then choose to say ah i'd rather send a male child to school instead of a female um uh, 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 to school because she's going to get married anyway so we would want our taxes to work for us in terms of our education our health our um, you know day to day needs water electricity so that uh, it does not become a burden to women and when you look at all these um challenges that we've highlighted and also just the general social and economic challenges that are being faced by women in Zimbabwe how can taxes be made to work for women so when we look at um the issue of um taxes they should work for us as women in uh, in many many ways when you look at even the education system if schools are very expensive and i have a boy and a girl child most parents would then choose to say this girl is going to be married anyway let's educate this boy child so you find that many young girls will not be able to advance with their education because parents are putting a space where they have to choose because of their of the financial difficulty cultures that they will be facing so we would want um as women uh for the taxes to work for us in terms of education ensuring that education is accessible to all and also it's affordable uh if it can actually be free education at maybe primary level to allow uh the girl child not to be uh disadvantaged at that point i think taxes should work for us in this way also taxes should work for us in terms of health so you find that low, uh, uh, women are working very long distance sometimes to just go and give birth um at uh, uh, clinics that are very very far from where they are so if we increase um um the clinics that we have and ensure that uh, they are closer to where people are 
and ensure also that you know they are of high quality and they have the medication uh, uh, that is uh, uh, needed in those spaces then women are easily can easily access these facilities and they um they can really uh, get assistance and can can be helped uh, instead of uh, having many women dying whilst they're pregnant and others giving birth uh, uh, at home because the facilities are too far so we would want our taxes then to work and strengthen our our um, our health system same as when we look at the day-to-day and things that we need uh, we look at you know access to water access to 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 energy to electricity because you find that women uh, are the ones who are also in need of this um, 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 uh, energy at home and so the businesses that we used to do like sewing uh, the businesses that we used to do like baking and cooking we we cannot do that uh, well because there is no provision of those very basic uh, services so we would want of course our uh, you know the, the taxes or um, um, the, the monies that we are paying towards taxes to speak to our immediate needs we want water running in our taps and you know when we look at it with uh, households that have gone for over five years with no running water what it means is that a lot of time is being spent by women going to look for those basics and so our taxes should speak into those problems so that um, they are addressed and women, um, sp- the burdens that women are facing can be eased um, uh, in their day-to-day uh, 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 business. And what would be some of your recommendations uh, to make sure that there is the promotion of tax justice in the country? I think to conclude, you know, it is really important to look at um, um, tax and how um, that can be, um, you know, distributive justice when we uh, tax the wealthy um, more than we are taxing the poor. Um, I think it's important to 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 look at to look at it uh, as we head towards uh, you know equity and not just looking at it from uh, saying it's equal. Everyone is being taxed the same. The way we are getting our money is, is not the same. There are people with more and those that are struggling even to get a single cent. So it's important for us to look at that and say. How can we um, talk about equity around issues of tax justice? How can we um, tax more to those who get more so that we can be able to put more money in our coffers and be able to even provide for those who are struggling to get their basics uh, met? And that is another way or a tool that can be used to ensure that um, there is more money in our coffers to cover some of those uh, expenses. Uh, I think it's important to look at that. But generally, taxes should just speak to the needs of the people. And what we are seeing uh, right now is that um, we, as women, uh, are still facing the very same burdens that we would want our government to look into especially you know knowing that we are also contributing to the national coffers we would want the money that we contribute to we are contributing to speak to the to the immediate needs 
that we have proper healthcare systems, uh, provision of water, electricity, um, ensuring that education um, is available to, 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 to both male and females. And uh, I think um, that way, uh, you know, we can start improving uh, the lives of, uh, of, of, of our women and girls. And it becomes crucial in ensuring that, um, you know, development happens, growth happens, and um, we build stronger communities that way. Thank you. Thank you, Caroline Mutimba Nyoka, the director for Sprout Women Empowerment Trust. And we're talking about how tax inequalities are affecting women that are in business. We take a quick break. Thereafter, we continue with the conversation with the chairperson of the Parliamentary Portfolio Committee on Budget and Finance. ABHR is proud to present the following job opportunity. A top private school in Rwanda is looking for a top-notch head of boarding. The school is co-educational, has 1,800 students and a boarding capacity of 108. Interested candidates, please send your detailed CV with salary expectation to humanresources at abcommunications.co.zw. Subject in your email must be head of boarding. Thank you for staying with us here on ZFM Stereo. I'm Mona Lisa Dube, and this is Business Unusual, which has been brought in partnership uh, with the Zimbabwe Coalition on Debt and Development as we delve into tax inequalities in the country. Now I'm joined by the chairperson of the Parliamentary Portfolio Committee on Budget and Finance, Honorable Matthew Nyashanu. Thank you so much, Honorable, for your time. Um... When you look at the current tax system in the country, would you say that it is redistributive, which is the role of taxes in any country? Taxation is a very important uh, government tool that government uses to redistribute wealth among its people. In other words, I'm saying taxation is used as a means by government to raise revenue, which then is redistributed as government undertakes various programs in the country. We have direct and indirect taxes, which contributes to the tax regime of a country. I can summarize by saying there are three forms which the government uses to redistribute redistribute wealth or government income. Firstly, there's social protection, like those implemented by the Minister of Public Service, uh, Labor and Social Welfare. And these are like uh, your cash transfers, assisted medical uh, treatment orders, food distribution to poor families, and the basic education assistance module. We have direct and indirect taxes, which contributes to the tax regime of a country. I can summarize by saying there are three forms which the government uses to redistribute, redistribute wealth or government income. Firstly, there's social protection, like those implemented by the Minister of Public Service, uh, Labor and Social Welfare. And these are like uh, your cash transfers, assisted medical uh, treatment orders, food distribution to poor families, and the basic education assistance module. All these are programs meant to protect the vulnerable, 
although inadequate and maybe failing to reach all the intended beneficiaries, I believe the government has been trying to redistribute wealth. Secondly, there is progressive taxation, which transfers wealth from richer to poorer Zimbabweans across the income distribution, such as tax, uh, proper tax and pay-as-you-earn, which tend to tax more on one who earns more. <clears throat> There's also some policies that tilt economic out outcomes in specific markets to benefit people with lower incomes, such as minimum wage laws for poor employees so that they are cushioned from various economic hardships. However, generally, the people of Zimbabwe feel that there is an urgent need to review some of the tax systems in, uh, in the country as they continue to hurt the poor more than the rich. Some people have been calling upon government to introduce uh, what we call wealth tax, which seeks to tax certain percentages on uh, all people who are considered to be rich people earning above a certain threshold and the money is collected then used to support the poor people say in the education sector or in the health sector right and what policies can the government or what policies has the government adopted to make sure that uh, this is spread out evenly and to ensure that the poor are not further marginalized in the case of Zimbabwe, I believe that the government revenue has been shrinking and most companies uh, have closed and a lot of people have lost their jobs. It is estimated that the Zimbabwean uh, economy is being driven by the, uh, the informal sector, which constitutes a bigger share in terms of economic activities. Sadly, this sector is highly informal and thus the government can hardly tax against the introduction of the intermediate money transfer tax which tries to capture every economic situation. We must also understand from the onset that uh, it is important that as citizens, we acknowledge the fact that we need to work for our government. You know, as JF has said, uh, the former American president, JF Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country ask what you can do for your country. The government has been trying to implement expansionary fiscal policies aimed at growing the economy. These policies mainly include, among other, others, rebates on basic um, commodities and increased government spending on projects such as infrastructure. For example, since the coming in of the new dispensation, the government has increased spending on capital projects, which in turn has increased demand circulating in the economy and created employment. However, some people have argued that some of these projects have actually contributed to inflationary pressures the economy is currently grappling with. The government also sometimes reviewed the tax brackets to cushion the poor employees, which stands at around 25,000, which is not being taxed while those earning between 25,000 and 60,000 are being taxed 20%, those between 60,000 and 120,000 uh, are being taxed 
but it is important for the current government also to invest in taxes that redistribute from the rich to the poor. We understand that uh, Fight Inequality Alliance Zimbabwe has submitted a petition to Parliament calling for policies and measures to be implemented to make sure that these um, issues are addressed. Have you received this petition and uh, how are you handling it? It is true that there's a petition before Parliament which was brought in by Fight Inequality Alliance. The committee is currently reviewing the petition and will soon engage the relevant organization for oral evidence to fully appreciate their position before embarking on an inquiry with other relevant government ministries and departments, namely Minister of Finance and Economic Development and the Zimbabwe Revenue Authority. After this, we will be able to analyze and come up with a report, which report will then be tabled in the August House. This process must be completed, completed before the end of the fourth session of the ninth parliament. I believe the current government is a listening government, and some of these proposals have been discussed in parliament and other platforms, such as the pre-budget seminars. As a committee, we support the proposal, the proposal to um, uh, introduce a wealth tax in the country. And we will continue to engage the Minister of Finance and Economic Development to closely look at the proposal and adopt the best way to implement such as it must be implemented in such a way that it only target the intended people and not yet the poor. And in previous conversations that I've had on this program, a lot of stakeholders are talking about how the 2% tax um, is affecting a lot of Zimbabweans. You know, those that are in employment are saying it's a double tax because they have other taxes that they are expected to pay as employers or as employees. Um, what is your take on this? And in your opinion, how can it be addressed? It is true that there are some critics who are saying that the 2% tax is choking poor Zimbabweans because it is double and triple uh, taxes uh, in online transaction. I think you all heard the Minister of Finance and Economic Development saying that the IMTT tax is here to stay and has really contributed immensely to the social sector and also to the infrastructure sector taking cognizance of the fact that it has contributed immensely to the construction of the Arari Bite Bridge Road. So we must be able, as a, as, a, as a society, to celebrate the achievements that we have so far earned through the introduction of the IMTT tax. I believe a tax that ultimately benefits us all is a good tax. The minister has argued that the 2% tax is a necessary evil as it reaches out to everyone especially the informal sector, which is highly unbanked. Yes, the proposal that the 2% be pegged at a figure above the PDL as measures to cushion the poor is welcome. However, the major challenge the government continues to face is that of the shrinking economy and economic activities, which then makes it difficult for it to maneuver and grow the revenue base. Therefore, there is a lot that the government has to do in terms of growing its cake. The government must leverage from the mining sector which has the potential to boost revenue and redistribute wealth among the communities where mining activities are taking place. 
Right. Thank you so much, Honorable Nyashanu, the Chairperson of the Parliamentary Portfolio Committee on Budget and Finance, for your time and for your thoughts on this matter. And that concludes this episode of Business Unusual. I am Monalisa Dube, and this was brought to you in partnership with Zimcode, and we'll be back with different conversations next week. Stay with us here on ZFM Stereo. Business Unusual, separating economic facts from fiction.